The United States is 24 hours away from a monumental presidential election. And as we've been approaching this week, the major social media apps, Facebook, Instagram, have been hotspots for political advertising. and replace Obamacare. You know, Chuck Schumer and the Democrats only need four seats to take over our Senate majority. Downplaying, denying, refusing to act. Except for TikTok. TikTok is the app that's famous for viral dances over clips of popular songs. It's new, relatively speaking, and it's this space where no paid political ads are allowed. But political memes can still go viral. And over the last few months, some Gen Zers have been trying to harness TikTok ahead of Election Day. Has it been working? Wired senior writer Ariel Pardes has been tracking this organizing effort, and she's here to bring us into the world of political TikTok. This is Get Wired, and I'm your host, Lauren Good. Ariel, thanks for joining me on Get Wired this week. It's my pleasure. So one of your beats is social media. You've reported on misinformation, disinformation, trends, and just how people use these different platforms, which are hugely influential in our lives. Yeah. And one of the things you've said recently is that back in 2010, people were really politically active on Facebook, young people. And now those people are in their 20s and 30s. And the new generation of young voters, Gen Z, they're all about TikTok. So TikTok has been gaining traction among young people for a couple of years now, but it really blew up this year in March as the pandemic saw more campuses shut down and more people spending time on their phones. In March, TikTok was the most downloaded app worldwide that wasn't a game. And at this point, they have about 800 million users, which isn't as big as an app like Instagram, which has more than a billion. But when you survey young people about which apps they like the most, they consistently say it's TikTok. That's the place that they have the most fun. It's the place that they feel most creative. One of the reasons that that might be the case is because TikTok really privileges authenticity in a way that's very hard to find on more established social platforms. So while Instagram, Facebook, Twitter all favor people who have large followings, TikTok isn't really about amassing a huge number of followers. It's more about creating content that resonates with people. The sort of key thing is that the TikTok algorithm is really more about what you post and not who's posting. And I know TikTok is the place to go for dance videos and you can watch a skateboarder drinking cranberry juice to Fleetwood Mac and it goes totally viral. But how much election-related content have you seen on TikTok? I have seen a fair amount of election-related content, but I think what feels really different on TikTok is that the content is organic. I mean, We're talking primarily about a generation of kids on this platform who has grown up on the internet. And the internet is just a hellscape of advertisements. So I think when you're seeing election content that comes from someone's organic creativity, it feels much more authentic. And that authenticity is so much more engaging than a traditional political ad spot. And the politicians themselves are not on TikTok, right? That's right. Both the Democratic and Republican parties have asked their staffers to delete their accounts and to avoid using TikTok. And that comes from some concerns that the Trump administration raised over the summer around TikTok being owned by a Chinese company and that potentially leading to national security concerns. 
So politicians and political groups are constantly vying for your attention on platforms like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, but they just aren't on TikTok. But that doesn't mean there's no political energy on the platform. For example, just yesterday, I opened TikTok and I found on my For You page this video where someone had taken a clip of Donald Trump dancing at a rally in Florida. I think he's doing the YMCA dance, but then they've overlaid it with this mashup of Swing by Savage and Viva La Vida by Coldplay. And they turned it into like this dance challenge where people are now duetting the video. Like, I I just want to play this video for you. I'm really sorry to expose you to this. It's like a little disturbing. (laughs) And okay, so it's a split screen. So she, so Trump is on stage at some kind of event and he's doing this, you know, mildly awkward dance. He's got his fists in the air and he's like pumping his fist and twisting his hips. And she's just mimicking it in her kitchen. Her timing is great. I know. So the fact that people are making videos like this and are turning Donald Trump into viral dance challenges felt like a moment when the election had really become a viral sensation on TikTok, which is both interesting and I think has a lot of power to reach young people who aren't being reached in other ways. So other than dance duets, what kind of politically related videos have you seen? There are these things called hype houses, which are collections of influencers who cross-promote each other's content. These influencers have their own pages, but then they also sometimes post to a hype house page, which can boost the viewership of a video. So um, some of these hype houses have developed around political ideologies. There's, for example, a conservative hype house, which has over a million followers. Drug prices are way too high, but we need to go about lowering them the proper way. The right has long dominated the digital political space. So there has been this extreme right-wing meme-making machine happening on TikTok. But more recently, we've seen similar groups emerge on the left. So there is a massive coalition of young people campaigning for Joe Biden on TikTok. They call themselves TikTok for Biden. And um, between them, their creators have over 160 million followers, which is more people than voted in the 2016 election. Wow. This is a group that's got a lot of power, they've got a lot of reach, and they've got a lot of eyeballs on their content. So there's all kinds of stuff circulating on the platform that kind of makes fun of or remixes on the political news of the day. But there traditionally hasn't been a lot that's focused on the finer details of the voting process. So this summer, a 25-year-old named Colton Hess decided to see if he could use the energy of TikTok to make voting go viral. And he recruited a bunch of creators on the platform, and together they call their effort Talk the Vote. The name is a play on Rock the Vote, which is a political nonprofit that emerged in the 90s to focus on voter turnout among young people. You probably remember Rock the Vote for its partnerships with MTV. The idea being, if you want to get young people to vote, you have to reach them where they are. Wake up! If you think voting doesn't make a difference, then you're dreaming. Register and vote. Rock the Vote! You joined Talk the Vote recently through a Zoom rally, is that correct? Which just sounds like the most 2020 thing ever. (laughs) It's true. Zoom is for everything in 2020. (laughs) Um, Yeah, the the group recently gathered to 
put out a sort of organized campaign around voter mobilization. So it was a Zoom call with a couple dozen creators. We love the production value of a Zoom call. Like, right? <laughs> I logged onto the Zoom meeting early. And I got to see people kind of filing in. Looks like Quentin's here. Hi, Quentin. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Hello, everyone. And it was really, really cool to see all of these young people kind of zooming in from their bedrooms. You saw people who were in rooms with, like, posters on the wall. Someone was playing music in the beginning of the meeting, and some people were kind of, like, dancing to it. And the mood was really excited. It's rare to get a few dozen people together on a Zoom call in the evening and have that kind of energy where people seem really impassioned and excited about what they're trying to do together. At least in my experience, maybe I'm over-Zoomed. Like this campaign is literally so extra and I think that's what actually makes it so iconic is just like, why Why isn't this already a thing? Like I, I keep going back to like, this should be a thing. You know, you, you had so many different ethnicities, so many different hair colors. They're all very young. Most of them are under the age of 30. And they all care very deeply about issues that are showing up in this year's election. Each of these creators has their own following on TikTok. Some of them have gained a lot of followers for doing news explainers. Morning live with breaking news. I'm going to move my mask so you can hear me. Some of them do makeup videos. Ingredients I use in my eco-friendly cake mascara. Aloe vera gel so the product slides easily on your eyes. Some of them do comedy and skits. Shout out to all the flies. Hold it down. I'm a new messiah. Yes, sir. They can't swap me. <laughs> they can't. They cannot. So these creators have gathered on the Zoom call to plan their next Get Out the Vote campaign. And the idea is really simple. They're each going to make a video that encourages people to vote, and they're all going to use the same sound. And the reason for that is because the TikTok algorithm is looking for sound trends when it pushes stuff onto people's feeds. So not only will that amplify the message of getting out the vote, but it could also encourage other people to start making videos with the same sound, you know, with the same idea. The idea being something that started as a more manufactured trend could turn into a real viral trend. And the sound they chose is amazing. They've done a mashup of Missy Elliott's WTF with Michelle Obama saying vote. And it's just such a bop. So the creators are brainstorming different types of videos that might fit their own personal brands. And uh, for this one specifically, I kind of want to do some plays off of Missy Elliott's lyrics, going to like these mail-in drop-off boxes or maybe locations that are um, polling early and do a live report there. And then basically encouraging people like the song says, show us how you do it where you're from. And I was thinking, could I do a dance in front of the ballot drop box? I make my own makeup. I would like to write vote on my face through the all the makeup that I made. Something that really came out in uh, watching these creators brainstorm ideas was that, you know, most of them aren't stands for Joe Biden and most of them aren't stands for Donald Trump. But most of them do care about at least one issue very deeply. And that's the issue that they want to turn into a sort of viral moment. 
So they each decide to make a video, and the plan, right, is to release them all on the same day, which is October 18th. Yeah, so the meeting ends, the enthusiasm is super high, the ideas are flowing. Thanks, y'all. See you later. Bye, Charlotte. Bye-bye. Bye, Barbara. And you had the chance to talk to some of these creators after the meeting, too. What are some of the issues they're focused on? There is one creator at that Zoom rally who's a freshman at UC Berkeley. Her name's Elise Joshi, and she really cares about climate change. Here's one of her TikToks. The difference between 1.5 and 2 degrees of warming is 150 million more people dying of air pollution and an economic loss of $20 trillion. Two degrees is our best case scenario. She's studying climate change at school. She considers herself a young activist. And this is an election where climate has a lot at stake. And so it was important to Elise to get other people registered to vote. But of course, she's not on campus this semester. She's quarantining with her parents. And so she felt like her hands were tied a little bit in trying to get the vote out to to people like her who are young and haven't voted before. And so I decided, all right, you're going to learn as you go. We're going to like make a video. It's not going to be very good quality, but we'll try. So she started making videos. And I think we can all see there's this new wave of energy and enthusiasm coming from Gen Z and millennials right now. But this only applies if you vote, so please vote. You can just ignore everything I said. If we don't vote, it doesn't matter. Most of Talk the Votes creators are really, really young, but a couple of them are over the age of 30, and one of those creators is Quentin Giles. You heard him back on the Zoom call, too. He has a really different TikTok style. Something for the people. He don't want to do nothing. Maybe Obama was in the when he talked about health care. But they trying to take health care away from you. He's a full-time creator, so making videos is what he does for a living. And he joined TikTok in 2019 because he saw that the platform was really gaining traction. You talk about they keep saying in two weeks of replace. Obama said them two weeks been happening for 10 years. Where is it at? He kind of walks you through the political news of the day with humor and panache and just explains what's going on like your very smart friend who always Always reads the news. I tell people I'm your political BFF. That's my tag. <laughs> that is my tagline. And for Quentin, politics is is almost like his favorite sport. I tell people don't ever ask me a thing about sports. I only root for the most famous person in like the final championship game. But if you ask me anything about politics, like I'm in, like this is my Sparta. This is it. He loves watching exactly what's going on and sort of seeing politicians jockey for power. But this was also an election where he felt like he had a lot at stake. Quinton is Black and has been really vocal about the ways that racial justice has affected his life in America. I'm totally open to people having different policy views as long as it's not rooted in my oppression. And he is is very scared that this is an election where he could lose civil liberties and civil rights. I think civil rights as a whole is on the line. And it is. Like, I'm getting chills again right now. Like, it's on the line. I asked Quentin, since he's, you know, such a politico in this space, if he could show me what he was seeing on his For You page. And he said he doesn't like to go there because it upsets him when he sees other people talking about the political news of the day who don't have their facts straight. I definitely don't think that my own success on TikTok would be here if that barrier to entry wasn't so low. Like, I I, I totally acknowledge and accept that. 
but there's also a lot of misinformation. You have propaganda and you have um, lies and you have, cr- I mean, crazy conspiracy theories, like crazy stuff that continues to spread and permeate. Um, and so sometimes just to protect my own sanity and not trying to combat every single thing I see, um, I stay away from the For You page. Something that I found really interesting is the way that the For You page reaches across the aisle pretty often. So on on social platforms like Twitter or Facebook, you're pretty unlikely to see a news article from your political opposite. We have a lot of um, research about filter bubbling by this point and the way that information tends to stay siloed among political groups. But TikTok doesn't seem to have as much of that. Sometimes, you know, these creators on the right will deliberately hijack a hashtag on the left um, or vice versa to try to confuse the algorithm or get onto the page of someone who might not agree with their views. And that means that an entire generation of young people who might be voting for the first time or learning about politics for the first time is actually getting exposed to new ideas. So it sounds like Quentin and Elise and all of the Talk the Vote creators are really trying to take advantage of the way TikTok's algorithm works. But the videos themselves require a lift, right? Like, I think a lot of people don't take TikTok seriously or think maybe it's really easy to shoot a short video. But unpacking complex policy issues into a few seconds actually takes a lot of work. Yeah, it's a tremendous amount of work to create some of these TikToks. Like... Quentin spends hours every day watching the news. When I wake up in the morning after I read my Bible, I'm like, all right, what's on the news? What happened this morning? What did I miss? He even watches congressional committee meetings on C-SPAN. It's crazy. I was watching something on C-SPAN the other day. It was like about technology. It was a subcommittee group in the house. And it was like uh, technology securities and all this other stuff. And you would think that at the most basic level in these subgroups that don't get a lot of like play, they would be working together. It was so partisan. And then when he finds something that speaks to him, he picks up his phone, he hits record, and he makes a video. But let's get into some news. Actually, I don't really have news right now. I really have more of a thought. I'm a huge fan that language matters. And so can we stop saying pack the court as if there would be something wrong with him adding more Supreme Court justices? I mean, we can do whatever we want. We have a constitution. We have- Elise, on the other hand, she really plans her videos out in advance. So on top of a full freshman course load at UC Berkeley, she spends hours prepping and memorizing her videos, like this one she did on the climate crisis. For every half a degree of warming, societies will see between a 10 and 20 percent increase in the likelihood of armed conflict. And if every country stuck to their agreements in the Paris Climate Accord, which they are not, we would reach 3.2 degrees of warming. She's pretty thorough. Yeah, Elise actually has a bunch of Google documents where she just dumps facts and statistics. So each of her videos is really well-cited and really well-researched. She told me she memorizes the script for each one. I've realized that memorizing it is is a good way of, of getting people, people like when I talk fast apparently on TikTok, my windowsill is like right there. And I put my phone on the windowsill and I like 
practice it over and over and over and over again. And sometimes it's so infuriating. Like, I just like, oh my God, I give up. I'm gonna, I give up. And then I have to remind myself, okay, this is going to work. This is going to work. People are going to watch this. So you have to believe people will watch it, but also not bank on that too much. Here's the one thing that I did in the beginning, like post it and walk away from your phone. Because if you sit there and wait, you know, on people to comment, people to, like, it's like, that can be very soul crushing and depressing. So like, if you want to create something, just post it, like give yourself something else to do, post it and walk away. Don't think about it. And then whatever you come back to is what you come back to. So have Quentin and Elise posted the videos that they talked about during the Zoom rally? Yeah, yeah, they're out there. I'm very curious to see them. Should we take a look? Yeah. Here, let's, I have Quentin's in front of me. And this is the mashup. It's Missy Elliott. Listen, people, this is not a drill. Not a drill! Oh, I love that shake effect that TikTokers use. He's using, like, a lot of jump cuts, right? He's talking directly to the camera. He's got a lot of energy. Yeah, I think his personality really sells it. Okay, now I'm looking at Elise Joshi's. She's not saying anything, but as the TikTok goes on, more and more text is filling the screen. She says in four years, Trump has, you know, stripped LGBTQ protections, reversed over a hundred environmental regulations. And at the end, she just says very simply, vote. So how did their talk the vote videos do? The campaign did all right. I mean, understanding what goes viral on TikTok is more of an art than a science. Like, Colton, the founder of Talk the Vote, once got half a million views on a video of him opening a banana. So you can't always predict what people are going to love. But for this campaign, about 50 creators showed up to make videos and they got varying numbers of views. Elise's video got something like 2,300 views. Quentin's video ended up getting almost 16,000. I would say that's standard for me. That's a, a a standard around 15 to 20. Um, average, I probably, well, I don't know what the average is because some of them are crazy. Like some of them can go up to 100,000. Some of them are like 50,000. Um, it just depends. But that one was about an average one. Um, and probably because I've been talking about voting since voting started. So, you know, it's um, it's my people are already ready to receive that. And it's like, we know, Quentin, but you're going to know again. And you could add up all of the different views on all these different Get Out the Vote videos and probably do a rough estimate of how many people saw the campaign in total. But I think it's much harder to quantify the impact of seeing those videos. So Quentin told me that on his video, which, you know, had average viewership, people were talking in the comments about the conditions at the polls and letting each other know their voting experiences. So if all the thousands of people who saw one of those videos decides to cast a ballot in November, then I think for creators like Colton and Quentin and Elise, that would be considered a success. And it sounds like beyond this specific campaign, this political momentum that the TikTok creators are building, it's not going to go away. Right. And some creators like Elise definitely plan to continue making TikTok videos long after the election. I have an amazing platform that I don't know how I I just ended up having. And I would love to continue galvanizing those people. And Quentin had such a following that he told me he can't figure out how to take a vacation or even a weekend off. Sometimes I feel bad for like taking off a day or taking off two days because 
so much can happen in those two days. And then I have to like catch everybody up on what happened because people will be like, hey, we were looking for you this weekend. Well, I don't know what's happening. Can you explain this? And so then I have to go back and like, okay, so this, 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 this. And now we're here today. Quentin has also been invited to do election night coverage on two network television channels tomorrow. So these TikTok creators, their impact isn't just limited to the TikTok audience. They're actually changing the political landscape on multiple fronts in very real ways. The future's pundits are here because we are kind of gathering this lost segment of voters, right, that everyone wants to engage. TikTok kind of seems like this perfect Trojan horse where you come there for something entertaining and fun and you end up with something that is potentially very informative and persuasive. It's kind of the perfect space for political content to to live and thrive because um, you'd never expect it there. And even if you did, you wouldn't get something that's necessarily conventional or stuffy. It's profoundly creative and has turned politics from this very depressing story in 2020 into something that suddenly has new life. Crazy. TikTok. TikTok. Ticked freaking TikTok. <laughs> Subscribed. I love it. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> well, thanks so much to Quentin Giles and Elise Joshi for coming on the show this week. Their TikTok handles are Quentin Giles, that's J-I-L-E-S, and Elise Joshi, that's J-O-S-H-I. And Ariel, thanks to you for reporting out this episode. It's been really great having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren. That's it for this episode of Get Wired. Get Wired is hosted by me, Lauren Good. You can follow me on Twitter, at Lauren Good. This episode was reported by Ariel Pardez, and you can follow Ariel on Twitter, at Pardesoteric. This episode was produced by Anna Stitt, with additional production help from Ben Montoya and Mickey Capper. Mixing and scoring was done by Hannes Brown. Our theme music is by Allison Layton Brown. Nina Gensler-Debs, Megan Greenwell, and Sarah Fallon edited this episode. Special thanks to Wired editors Angela Watercutter and Caitlin Kelly. Scott Rosenfield is Wired's site director, and our editor-in-chief is Nick Thompson. You can subscribe to Wired at wired.com forward slash subscribe forward slash get wired. And you can help more people see the show by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week. 